Hallelujah. Receive that. Receive it in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Is that awesome? You can see that on our website and write down those quotes that touched you most. But thank God for a good word beside all the bad words that are spoken. Thank God we are the body of Christ. We know how to start off a year. We know how to end a year. And we know how to live throughout the year, don't we? And so, praise God, the work he begun, he will finish. He's not through with you yet. You're not dead, so he's got something for you to do. And so I want to share with you today, and you may say, that is so old and cliche, but listen, I won't, I'm going to give you a word for the new year. I'm not going to sound like Ken Clement. I don't have his hair. I'm not going to, but I may, I may, just that mine's not curly. May not sound like a different one, but I'm going to sound like your pastor. And I'm going to share what God has put in my heart. Now I was praying. I said, God, what is the word for your church here? And he said, what would Jesus do in 2010? He says, that is something that I want my body to grab a hold of. That in 2010, in every area of your life, what would Jesus do? And this is a new word. May sound like an old cliche, but it's a new word. And the thing that God is just putting in my heart, Sister Christy was singing it, is that God is going to resurrect compassion this year. He just keeps burning within my heart and within my soul that there's going to be a resurrection in compassion because where you found Jesus, you found multitudes. You found multitudes because you found compassion. And God wants to ignite that compassion. And so that's why areas in our life, we got to understand what would Jesus do. And one of the things, you know, I, I, I want to share with you about Jesus is that we just celebrate the story of his birth. And, you know, how many of you know the old movie is the greatest, the, one of the old movies of Jesus' life was the greatest story ever told. But how many know that it is, still, it is still the greatest story being told through you? He invites you. Not only to receive and, and, and share his life, but be a part of his story still being written in volumes of books through you. He still wants to write books through you in your life. Leave you leaving a legacy and touching this generation. And you know, I, I want to share with you today, I was thinking about this when in South, Central South America, I got to climb a few mountains and when we were up in, in the Andes, I went to this real high mountain where the Incas had one of their cities way up there in the mountains. And we went up there and uh, you stand up there and let's say today, let's say you're a class of people who was interested in climbing the mountains. And I get up and I tell you about how you use your hands and your feet and you climb up. And even though it's hard and you're climbing, we were eight, nine, up to 13,000 feet in elevation and you're climbing and the air's thin and you're above the clouds and you get up there with your camcorder and the wind is so strong that you can't hear the others around you speaking because of the wind whipping in the microphone. And I tell you how awesome and how this mountain was higher than the other mountains and you could see as far as could be. And we stayed to the sunset and recorded the sunset going down in the other smaller Andes mountains as we were on this taller mountain. And so I'd get you all excited and all excited. How, how many be excited? Not everybody's looking too excited about mountain climbing this morning. <laughs> you're just glad to be out of bed, I know. But anyway, uh, I, you're interested, and I'm telling you about mountain climbing, but all I ever do is tell you about it and never take you there. Jesus never wrote anything in the Word to tease you and to lead you on and lead you astray. He wrote us in his word, I want to share that with you, in John 14, 12, it says, the person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things. Say greater things. Say greater things. This is John 14, 12 through 14 in the message. He says, because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. You can count on it. From now on, whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I am doing, I'll do it. That's how the Father will be seen for who he is in the Son. Say those words with me. For who he is in the Son. Now say it with me. For who he is in me. For who he is in me. I mean it. Whatever you request this way, I'll do. 
The Son is going to be glorified through your life. And I'm going to give you ways how to do that. I want to show you another scripture here that he wasn't plain. He said, then he calls disciples together and gave them power. Everybody shout out power. And authority. Shout out authority. Over all demons. Now, that was weak. Say over all demons. All mother-in-laws. All, all demons. And to cure diseases. Shout it out. Cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. He's not teasing you. He's inviting you to be a part of the story. Now look, you know Mark 11, Mark 16, 15 through 18, that he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that is believed is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. It goes on to say in verse 17 and 18, it says, And these signs, say these signs. These signs will follow them who believe. Say, in my name. name. Whose name? Shout it out. Shout it out. Let sickness hear the name. Let all devils hear the name. Let all your circumstances hear the name. Let everything that is against you hear this name. Let everything that was against you in 2009 hear the name. Shout it out. 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 The name of Jesus. In my name, they will, not maybe, cast out demons. Speak with new tongues. They take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they shall what? Recover. The story continues. And it continues through everyone in every section. And for those watching by internet and who will hear this CD until the return of Christ. This shall continue because his story continues through you. What would Jesus do in the situation, circumstances you've come up against and you're going to come up against in 2010? One thing that he would do. It's operating compassion, which opens the door for the anointing, which opens the door for the supernatural. There's something that God wants to do in our life. So don't give up. There's better stories. I tell you, it's so sickening, this world. They're so interested, and they're studying icons such as Lady Gaga. Everybody wants to know if Lady Gaga is half man and half woman. Well, I tell you what, I really don't care. So many people is interested what accent and what color hair Britney Spears I have tomorrow and who she's going to have a baby for next year. So many people are interested in running after these stories and, and trying to find everything they can, whether Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie is going to split up. They want to go after all these stories trying to find out and these icons and follow these people and find something that satisfies their life. But the truth is... I would put up any one of y'all against any one of them and let you tell your story. And what they got to understand, you may be saying, some people tell me, Pastor, I was a devil. Well, listen, Jesus didn't come to save the angels. He come to deliver us from the devils that we're under. Huh? Huh? And so many people say, Pastor, I was a devil. Well, praise God. You were a devil. That just means you have a lot of good stories to tell about what it was like living for the devil. And now you can tell about how awesome it is living for the glory of God. Amen. Come on. Come on. Are you here today? Don't be patty caking. All this about I was a devil, I was a devil. Well, you're not anymore, you're a child of God. And we lose our young people. We use our college age because they, keep, they start hearing all these stories of all these people who are supposed to be so well known. Well, I can look at different people here who are supposed to be dead since she was 12 years old. Operated on who knows how many times. But still here. To praise and worship the name of Jesus. Still young, huh, sweetheart? I tell you, God has things for you and you have a story that outdoes any story of Hollywood. And you know what? A lot of people pay a lot of money to go see a lot of them stories. But when we get to heaven, I got a feeling we're not only going to see a lot of stories of those from before, but we're going to see your story of things that were done that nobody else saw. Things that please God and touch his heart that he had the angels film it. Because one day he wants everybody in glory to see how proud he is and what a star you are. 
You are a star and you are important and you are glorious in the eyes of God. And he wants you to understand that he's got a mission and a purpose for your life. Can I hear an amen? Amen. You know, one of the things I saw in Honduras that that changed my life back in 1981, I was living with a national pastor there and the Lord has given me some dreams. And one of the dreams that he gave me was I saw uh, somebody... In, the, in this dream, I saw somebody go up to an old dog, and the dog just laid down as this person just kicked it and then grabbed a stick and started hitting the dog. And you might have heard, heard people hit dogs before. You might have hit a dog, but that was the old man, right? And, and you could hear the ribs crack as they were. this person was hitting this dog. And this dog had teeth, and this dog could have got up and fought for his life, and this dog could have attacked, and this dog could have growled. But all this dog did was just lay there while this person just beat it with a club and beat it with a club and beat it with a club. And then the Lord says, this is what I'm showing you, is that many times the devil comes, and he comes and he starts just starts talking about how he's going to do this and he's going to do that. And so many of my people just lay over on their side, and they just allow the devil to kick them. Just kick them. Just kick them. Just kick them. Just tell them they're no good and unwanted. And just tell them they're unclean. And tell them they're unworthy. And they just lay there and take it. And lay there and take it. They don't know that they have the weapons of their warfare. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. They don't understand the power of my precious name. The name of my son who I resurrected with my glory and my power. They don't understand the power of the blood that cleanses men from filth and unrighteousness. They don't understand the power of the resurrection life that comes in the side of a man and woman a child a boy or a girl it causes them to rise up with me and the devil comes and kick them and I want you to tell them that they don't have to lay down there and take anything from the devil anymore for behold I give you authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you you got to give God the glory right now you ought to praise him you ought to praise him That you're not that old dog laying down taking it. You're that lion with an intimidation in your eyes that I ain't laying down taking this anymore. Your days of kicking me with them lies, those days of condemnation, those days of beating me up, those days of tearing me down. Satan, I'm getting up. And when I get up, I'm going to pick others up that I see you kicking and beating and tearing down. I'm going to break your freaking leg. I'm going I'm, I'm to take that power away from you that you've been using against the redeemed of the Lord, the innocent victims of God, the babies of this land. I'm going to take that foot of abortion and I'm going to wrap it around your neck. I'm going to take that foot of sickness and disease and cancer and leukemia and diabetes and divorce and separation and I'm going to I'm going to break its power not to be kicking down my people anymore. I'm tired of it. It's not part of the redemption plan of Jesus Christ. It's not part of the plan and the future that I have for you, says the Lord. The plans of the enemy of kicking you and keeping you down. It's the addictions of the past. It's going to be broken now by the Spirit and the power of Jesus Christ. What do we need in America right now? I studied three personalities that brought revival in a time like we're living right now. I'll just quickly tell you about him. Charles Finney, he was just a lawyer. But he won more masses than anyone before him had ever won. This is what he said. If we have no concern for the lost, we need a telescope into hell. This is what his wife wrote about him. Oh, my dear... Though I know you love me, yet you are terrifying when the power of God comes upon you. You stand there like a mighty angel, shouting the gospel and welding the flashing sword of judgment. One of the scriptures, if any, was Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That message can help America again in 2010. Well, there's your rhyme. You want to prove? There's this. That message can help America again in 2010. There's your prophetic rhyme. Go ahead and write a book. This is something else Charles Finney said. A little consideration convinced me 
that I was by no means in a state of mind to go to heaven if I should die. I was brought face to face with the question whether I would accept Christ as presented in the gospel or pursue the worldly course of life. That question is the question for America and for us today. Are we ready to pursue Christ in 2010? Or will we continue to pursue the way of this world in 2010? He loved Matthew 10, 32, 38. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him. How many of you know that's not politically correct? Before my Father in heaven, but whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father. Listen to what he wrote. I want you who have made up your minds to become Christians and give your pledge to make your peace with God immediately should rise up. Those of you who are resolved that you will not become Christians should just sit still. There were times when Charles Finney would send people who would come forward to get saved. He'd send them back to their seat and said, no, you're really not ready. Go on back and make them wait three weeks to get saved because he wanted them to feel the fire so they could be changed forever. He rejected traditions. He linked Jonathan Edwards to the Great Awakening. He personalized the message of salvation. He won over 100,000 people to, to church, to Christ. And he was known to lead more people than any other person to Christ in that time. The Holy Spirit descended. This is what he said. The Holy Spirit descended on me like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves of liquid love. I remember crying out, I shall die if these waves continue to pass over me. I said, Lord, I cannot bear any more, yet I have no fear of death. How many of you know it changed America then? It can change America now. It's still the gospel. It is still the truth. And it is still the life for America. Another great person is Charles Spurgeon. Listen to what he wrote. A good character is the best tombstone. Carve your name on hearts, not on marble. That's what we're talking about today, compassion. He had a divine discontent by living in grace. He loved never to be content in personal righteousness. He said, sin, whatever it might be to other people, became to me an intolerable burden. What other people may say is not a sin. If to me it's sin, then it's sin to me. Too many think lightly of sin. Therefore, they think too lightly of their Savior. Too many people think lightly of sin. Therefore, they think lightly of their Savior. He had to survive criticism. His scripture was 1 Corinthians 4, 12 through 13. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure. When we are slaughtered, we answered slandered, we answered kindly. He was attacked for being too young. He was attacked for being too familiar with God. He was attacked for fighting against slavery. He was attacked for preaching too much Jesus. And he was attacked for rejecting traditionalism. I don't know about you, but I want all there is about Jesus. Amen. He said, if the world abuses me, I'm a match for that. I began to like it. I may fire all its... It may fire all its big guns at me, but I will not return a solitary shot. I'll just store them up and get rich upon the lead. <laughs> he had a motto, I yield to none. Say that with me. I yield to none but to Jesus Christ. Amen. He said this also, make me thy faithful servant, O God. May I honor thee in my day and generation and be consecrated forever to thy services. Say to my generation. To my generation. He also said this. Whosoever believeth in the name of Jesus Christ shall be saved. Sin is no barrier. Their guilt is no obstacle. Whoever believes shall have every sin forgiven. Shall have every iniquity blotted out. Shall be saved in the Lord Jesus Christ. And shall stand in heaven safe and secure. And I want to touch one more. Who brought, he, he had a problem with anger. And he start, started off as an unlearned shoe salesman. But he brought revival to America in the 1800s. And that was D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody said this, listen, out of a hundred men, one will read the Bible. The other 99 are going to read the Christians. One will read the Bible. The other 99 are going to read the Christians. His heart was, I must 
decrease that he increases. He wrote, I have more trouble with D.L. Moody than any other man I've ever met. How many of you know you could get mad at a lot of people, but how many of you know a lot of times the biggest person I have a problem with? Pastor, you must have a lot of problems, yeah, with me. And that's what D.L. Moody was saying. He's saying, I must decrease in the love of this world. He said, may I never boast, but in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what he said here. God sends no one away empty except the one who is full of himself. The one who God sends away empty. Lord, let us never be full of ourselves. He yielded to the power of God. He wrote this. It was almost too sacred an experience to name. Paul had an experience of which he never spoke for 14 years. I can only say God revealed himself to me. I had such an experience in his holy love that I had to ask him to stay his hand. Can you imagine to have so much of a visitation of the Holy Spirit? You have to say, God, I can't take anymore. My flesh can't take anymore. He said, Someone, uh, Henry Varley, he heard Henry Varley say, The world has yet to see what God will do with, for, and through, and in, and by the man who gives himself wholly to him. D.L. Moody raised his hand and said, Lord, I want to be that man. Raise your hand right now and say, Lord, I want to be that man. I want to be that woman in 2010. What would Jesus do? Now, I love what D.L. Moody said here. If God is your partner, you need to make your plans larger. Whatever plans, whatever thing you're planning on do, you need to make it bigger. And he also said, faith gets the most, love works the most, but humility keeps the most. How many know he's talking there the secret of keeping what God gives us? So 2010, many will arise and it's time to take our season and seize our season. He said this generation, look at this next scripture here. Acts 13, 36, it says, For David, after he served his own generation. Say that with me. He served his own generation. He served his own generation. Lord, help me to serve my generation. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to be able to get to, to the meat of what God gave me in the word for, for this year because I, I don't want to go through this quickly. But, but there's one thing I want to share with you. A lot of people say, let me read you this quote by Williams Booth. He said, while women weep as they do now, I'll fight. While little children go hungry as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison in and out as they do now, I'll fight. While there's a drunkard left, while there is a poor lost girl on the streets, where there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight and I'll fight and I'll fight to the very end. I believe that is part of what you're going to be seeing as we get into this, of what I feel God is telling us to do for this next year, is that we are going to have to fight. And one of the things I want to share with you, and, and, and I'll give you the rest of this word next week because... It was just too personal, and I'm not going to go through it quickly. But I do want to end with this real quick, because so many people say, how can I continue the story of Christ? Who am I? What can I do? Well, I'll let you know right now, if you have a voice, we want you to come and be a part of the worship team. If you have a heart for children... If you have a heart for uh, young people, if you have a heart uh, for, for any different areas, you let us know. There's so much, many places to plug you in, the sound. There's so many places to plug in. But I want to talk to everybody seated here and everybody listening by internet. You may say, what can I do? And we've got some teams who are wanting to go to New Mexico and, and, and minister over there. And I have people tell me, Pastor, I want to take a mission trip. I want to be a part of missions. I want to go see what it's like. Well, I got something I want to show you that I downloaded this week off of our prayer request. How many even go on the, our website and pray for these needs? Let me see your hands. I want to tell you something. I've got 10 pages with four to five names on each page, which means I have almost 50 people in my hand. Some of them are unwed mothers with Cancer, she's single, and three children. There's another man who's had a bypass. There's another widow lady who's been fighting for her life. 
There's people there who are fighting every type of sickness and disease. It's so good to see Brother Joel here because he had, he had an attack on your back. And we got to pray for you on the 24th. And uh, pray for uh, Brother Jim, your brother. Food po is poisoning. But when you go through here, Tristan is five years old and is not feeling well. You go through all these different things. My son, my grandson's being diagnosed with this. My son is having health problems and needs to come back to God. It talks about this one lady. She's helping raise her grandchildren. I'm sorry, she's helping raise her great-grandchildren. And she needs to be back home with those children. Another one's praise for my brother. He's got the H1N1 flu. Another one found out that this lady has lupus and she's three months pregnant. This is just the second page. There's 40 to 50 names right here for just the month of December. That's not counting the ones we have in the prayer box and the ones we get on email. That's not counting sometimes the 19 phone calls we get before noon at our home. I believe what God wants us to do in 2010 is that you say, I'm, I don't have theology, I don't know the Bible, but listen, you can take a name and you can get ruined like Nehemiah and Isaiah. Who, I, Nehemiah might not have been a contractor, but he had a heart for the people who was hurting. You may not be necessarily one who raised, was raised as a prophet, but you can say, Lord, here am I, send me. And the thing that I want to share with you is that you can get on the internet and you can bake some cookies for this great-grandmother who's in the hospital when you can get back to home to her children. You can go to just these 40, 50 people who, who have no hope. Some, one person already died on here. You can go to these people and you can hold their hand and you may say, Pastor, so many people say, I want Pastor to pray for me. Listen, I ain't got nothing no more than you do. I've got the name of Jesus, you have the name of Jesus. We're all priests of the Lord God Most High. So many people, I wish I had something to do. Do you realize you could have a church of 50 people if you just go to the hospital? Well, what will I do when I go there? Allow God to be God? What will I say? Allow God to speak? I don't know this person. No, but the Spirit of God knows that person. How will I know if I'm being, being flaky? When you're in love and compassion, you're not going to be flaky. You're going to be compassionate. And the Holy Spirit will come upon you and anoint you to pray for that person. And sometimes all they need is just to see somebody walk through their door with a smile on their hand. There's children in here. Maybe all they need is a balloon to be a tie on the end of their bed, knowing that somebody's praying for them. There may be a lady, all she needs is a rose. There may be a, a man who needs to know that, that, that we're praying for, we're standing with them, and if there's something we can do to help. But I saw this, and I thought of all the people who've come and gone because I don't have a ministry. You don't let me preach. John Wesley was kicked out of the church and said, you're too much Jesus. We're not letting you preach. He says, okay, I'm going to go stand on my dad's tombstone. And I'm going to preach on top of my dad's tombstone. And I dare you to kick me off of there. And the man rode over 100-something thousand miles on horseback. Preached over 30-something thousand messages. 30-something thousand messages. And wrote thousands of hymns. But he was kicked out of church and says, you can't preach. But he didn't let that stop him. What? Is stopping you. The year 2010 of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is called to be a year. What would Jesus do if he would read the names that's here? What would Jesus do when he'd hear the need of these people whose house burnt down on the news? And brother Joel, what can we do to get in touch with them and how can we help? I'm going to tell you some things that I'm believing, as it says in the book of Isaiah, after the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. He said this in one translation. He says, I am ruined. When our sister went to meet the Navajo Indians, I can say right now without even asking her, it ruined her for life. 
Do you mind me asking how old are you, sweetheart? She's 83. And you heard her? She's still loving them people God sent her to with nothing. I'm praying God ruins us this year. I pray that he ruins us at 2 o'clock in the morning, Lord. I haven't slept in the last two Saturday nights because I'll share with you things on my heart. But God, ruin us. Ruin my plans. Pastor, you should have never sent me to the Navajos. Now I'm ruined and I think God's calling me there. Well, praise God. We'll send you some money every month and you go minister. I don't know why you sent me to Haiti. I've never been the same since. It ruined me for life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's doing something in your life. How can you keep going to China? How can you keep going all that distance and doing all that? Ruined for life. A lot of times people get cold and hard and indifferent because they really don't have a reason to live because they're not living for the right reasons. But when I read on here that Brother Joel Massey, Channel 5, one of our children's ministers, man or God, is being attacked in his back. I go, oh, no, devil. Oh, no, devil. He's getting out of that emergency room, and he's coming back in Jesus' name. And he came back from Baton Rouge, and he's out of that emergency room. Now, these are getting ready to be erased because we're starting a whole new one for January. I encourage you to download them. Print them out. Write them down. I'm not saying you have to go to everybody, but listen. It may be three, four, five of you retired or people with a lot of time on your hand. And you're going, I don't have nothing to do but work in my flower bed. I don't have nothing to do but skin my cat. Not skin my cat, but <laughs> brush my cat. I don't have nothing to do but backbite the pastor on the telephone. I don't have nothing to do but complain and murmur. And I don't know where my blessings are. And God says, your blessings is in room 343 at the Rapids General Hospital. There's an anointing over that bed. Not just for that woman to be healed, but for you to be supernaturally increased. Lord, send me to that right job. He says, I want to send you to Huey P. Long. Ride on that elevator that you got. You, if you don't speak in tongues, you'll learn to speak in tongues as you ride on that elevator. <laughs> Go down that hall to those rooms that don't have bathrooms in them because they were built long ago. And that person's laying there. Make sure you lay hands on them and you pray for them. And they go, uh, I don't know you. You just say, Jesus sent me to give you my love, to share you my heart. You have a heart. There's some new people. I don't know them. Well, can we give you their phone number? Can you call them? Can you welcome them to the church? Can you tell them how honored and blessed we are to have them in the church? Can you go visit somebody and bring them cake and cookies and we'll give you the address and find out from them first if it's okay and have a background check checked on you to make sure you're not wanted by the law. Then we'll send you over there and let you visit them. Because we've got to do background checks on everything now. I'm picking. We had some sisters sitting here and we, we've got one here today. Gotten saved. They're from a, a special place for princesses. Well, last week we had nobody, the person who's supposed to go get them didn't show up, and so nobody was able to go get them. And so for our beautiful, wonderful Christmas special, these princesses had no way to church. And I talked to the guys, I said, we can't have this no more, so two others volunteered to get special license to drive the church van. You may want to drive the church van and go pick up people who have no way to church, who want to come to church. There is so much. There's so much of Jesus' heart that needs to be revealed. And what I want to speak to you about ne next time, if the Lord allows, is there's something awesome about the burden of the Lord. And to have compassion, he's going to give you a burden. It's not going to be a burden of sin. It's going to be a burden of love. It's going to be a burden that's going to mess you up. 
I'll finish with Sister Dodie, our pastor. And I've got some things I've really got to share with you. But Sister Dodie, in 1981, had liver of the, uh, cancer of the liver and went down to 80-something pounds. She was in the hospital room, and instead of laying there till she died, say that with me, lay there till I die. Stop sitting there till you die. You're here for a purpose. You may be divorced. You may be hurting. You may feel bad about your life, but you're still alive, and you're alive for a purpose. So don't sit there till you die. I license each and every one of you as ministers to Rapids, Huey P. Long, uh, Cabrini, and the VA. You're all licensed. Go. But Sister Doty, instead of lying there till she died, she'd get up weighing 89, 90 pounds, and she'd make her way to other beds, and she'd lay her hands on other sick people. She was given two weeks to live, but she was still laying hands on the sick. 90 pounds, praying in the name of Jesus that he would heal them. That was in 1981. This is the year 2009, almost 2010. And if you watch Joel Osteen, Sister Doty is right there on the front row, still laying hands on the sick, still going to conventions, still ministering, still writing articles for charisma, still doing this and that. She, she's got to be in her late 70s or early 80s, something like that, and she's still going on with Jesus. Why? She didn't lay there till she died. She prayed herself out of death. If you're cold, if you're hard, if you're dissatisfied, if you want more, there's one place that is found. Not only at the feet of Jesus, but at the feet of the sick and the needy for which Jesus came. When you get to go and minister to the hurt, the needy, and the dying, you will find Jesus at the feet of that person. And he will change you. Inside and out. And the hunger and the satisfaction and the peace that you're looking for will be completed and there will be a fulfillment and there will be a satisfaction because you reached out and touched someone. What would Jesus do in 2010? Well, you're going to find out because you're going to do what he would do. We're going to get the job done. We're going to see people saved. We're going to see people freed. And we're going to usher in the coming of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we're going to stand before him, and he's going to tell you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Your knees were knocking, your tongue was stuck to the roof of your mouth, and you were crying, and you were sweating beans. But you still went in the hospital anyway. You laid hands on that person and said, I don't know what I'm here for, but all I can do is say, I love you, and Jesus loves you, and I pray for you in Jesus' name. You may not know nothing else, but it's amazing that he who calls the dumb to speak can open up your tongue and start causing the most beautiful, wonderful prayer. It might be three or four words, but it can be one of the most eloquent, beautiful, anointed prayers. It may not be a long prayer. It may not be every memorized scripture you've ever had. It may not be everything just right and correct. But it will be anointing on that simple prayer because it will be the childlike faith and it will be a childlike heart that just opens this prayer and says, Jesus, I pray for this lady right now. And, Lord, you know everything that is wrong with her. And, Lord, we know that doctors are saying they've done everything that they can. But we know that we believe in the God of the impossible. And we believe that the God who makes all things new. And I come before you and I pray for this person now in the powerful omnipotent name of Jesus and I pray for the sick as your word says that you invited me to lay my hands upon them me, me, me you invited me to lay hands upon the sick and pray in the name of Jesus and you said whatever you ask the Father in your name you will do so Father right now my Father my Father I lay hands upon this person and I pray for their healing right now in the name of Jesus Christ be made whole and you let Jesus do the work. You let Jesus do the work. Now you may say, I don't have a computer. Well, here, take all the printouts you want. Get with a few people. Cut out one name. Look it up on the internet. Call, visit, investigate, find out. But church, I want to encourage you this year, 2010, let's do something new. Let's reach out to people 
you've never done it before. Let's get ruined by seeing lives changed and transformed. Let's honor our king by living the right kind of life. Amen. I want everybody, if you don't mind, if you just bow your heads. Just close your eyes. There was so much that I didn't have time to get into that I want to share with you later that God put on my heart, and I know it's going to bless you. But I believe he said what he wanted to say today. That we can start this new year off right. You're here today. And you know your life is not right. But you're not living a true, you're living a lie. You know your life is not pleasing to God. You're hurting inside. You're needy, more needy than many of those people on this list. You may not be dying with cancer, but you're dying in sin. After death is the judgment. The question to you today, are you ready to surrender your life and ask Jesus to come into your life and to take it, to save it, to heal it, to cleanse it, and to rescue you from damnation? If you're here today and you're ready to surrender to Jesus, would you please raise your hand and say, I need Jesus into my life as my Lord and Savior, and I need to get my life right. I need him. I, Jesus, I need you. If that's you, raise your hand. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Jesus, I need you. God bless you, my sis. God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else today? Ushers, greeters, help me, please. Anyone else today? Jesus, I need you. I need you, Lord Jesus. Come into my life. Rescue me. Save me. I'm hurting myself. This lifestyle is destroying me. I need to change. I don't want to go into this new year living the same way, making the same mistakes I did in the last year. If that's you, raise your hand. Anyone else, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Today I surrender. Today I make all things new. Anyone else? Anyone else? Jesus. My sis, would you come and let us pray with you? Anyone else today? If you want to come to the altar and start this year off right, come now. And just come and surrender your life to Jesus. Surrender your life to Jesus. Honey. Anyone else today? Anyone else? Anyone else today? Don't leave here without getting your life right with Christ. Don't continue living a life that is heading nowhere. Stop living on a dead end. Get on the truth and the way and the life. Receive Jesus and get freedom. Anyone at all? Anyone else? Come, come. Anyone else? Come. Come. My sis, you believe that Jesus loves you? You believe that he died and he gave his life for you? That God valued so much he sent his son to die in your place so you don't have to die. That you don't have to go to hell that you can live forever. Are you ready to surrender? Put your hand upon your heart. Church, I want you praying. This is such a precious moment. The angels are already jumping. The father is so excited. My daughter is coming home today. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you, forgive me of all my mistakes, all the sins, and all the wrongs. Come into my heart, Jesus. Take control. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Holy Spirit, change me and transform me to be pleasing in your sight. Father, give me the grace to stand and be willing to obey you in the face of all circumstances and all temptations. I receive my Redeemer, my Healer, and my Justifier. And I thank you, Father, that through Jesus Christ, I am saved. 
I am born again. I'm a new person. I'm forgiven. And I'm alive. Hallelujah. Let's praise Him. Glory. Come here, girl. Come here. Come give me a hug. God bless you. Love you. Hallelujah. Welcome to the family. Hallelujah. They're my sister. That's my new sister. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Now let's stand. Let's stand. Let's stand. Now before we go, I know not everybody here gave in the offering, so I'm going to make you give something now. But it's not your money. It's you. I want you to put that hand on the person next to you. Just put your hand on, his, on their shoulder. Take them by the hand. Just look at that person. Just concentrate on him. Don't worry about me. Just concentrate on that woman, that man, that young person next to you. Just lay, just lay hand upon them. And now I want you to bless them. You bless them. Bless their physical body. Bless their business and their job. Bless them with Deuteronomy 28, that the blessings of God be upon them. Bless them with life and peace and prosperity. Bless them with health and blessing into this new year. Bless their family. Bless their marriage. Bless their children. Just bless them. Just bless them in the area of their mind and their thoughts. Heavenly Father, if there be any weaknesses, if there be any areas of addiction, we pray the grace of God which is sufficient. Lord, as we get ready to cross over to this new year, bless this person at my side. Break every hindrance, every form of work of the enemy that's been against them, that they may walk in freedom. And we pray for protection. We pray for blessing. Just bless them. Just bless them. Give them a blessing. The Bible said, Jesus said, he said it best. It's more blessed to give than to receive. When you pray for somebody, you're being prayed for yourself. And you're being blessed as you're a blessing. Sow that blessing over that person right now. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they've been through. But your prayers are heard before the throne of God. And your prayers are heard by God who hears and answers. So just bless that person. Thank God for that life that is born again. For that name that's written in the Lamb's book of life. Just thank God for them. I bless you. I bless you. I pray for their grandchildren. Many people here, their grandchildren are on this list. Their kids. I pray I bless their grandchildren. I bless the fruit of their womb. In Jesus' name, that baby they're carrying. I bless them. I bless them. In the name of Jesus. Now, can I ask you, as we dismiss, can I ask you, would you continue this year, make it a point to pray for the people in our church every day? Every time you think about them, will you pray for somebody in the church and somebody you, you think about, somebody you might have known from another church? Would you pray and would you bless them? Would you, would you pray for me this year? How many of you know I need all the prayer I can get? Would y'all pray for me and my family this year? I got to pray with Brother Daryl yesterday. You never know what somebody's going through, but Brother Daryl, I prayed with him yesterday. He had to see his son fly off to Iraq. His wife has been having such a hard time letting him go. It's not easy. But I got to pray with him. Pray with somebody that you know that's having a difficult time and needs your prayer because it's important. It's vitally important. And you pray for them, I promise you will reap prayer for your life and your children's lives. Because what you sow, you'll reap. I love you and I bless you. Tuesday night's intercession, Wednesday night's church. Next Sunday's regular. Next Sunday night's water baptism. And I think we already have like 12 to baptize. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. But we love you and we bless you. And I bless you with prosperous, blessed new year. 
and the presence of God to surround you. And may this year be the most fabulous in a supernatural way for your life. Thank God we're going in it together. And we're going to see God wondrously move. Math, my family, the church, the staff, we love you and we bless you. And Brother Jake, would you dismiss us in prayer? Jesus, we just come to you this morning and ask that you would move our hearts with compassion for those in need, those sick, those needing a, your love, Father. Lord, we, Jesus, we just ask that you would just move our hearts today, Lord, that we would not just say we're going to do something, but, Lord, that we actually put our words to action, Father. We just ask you, Lord, to just encourage those around us, Lord, that, Father, they would see your light shine in us and that we would be able to touch others, Lord, with your love and that it would be contagious and spread like wildfire, Lord, throughout this area. We just thank you for what you're doing and ask you to just bless everyone that's in this room right now. Lord, be with them with, as they go about their ways and be with their family, those that are traveling back home, Lord, this week. We just thank you and we bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen.